The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat, and you can find me at Rydicat on Twitter, you can find me at News News Need on Twitter, you can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Here we go. Indeed. Uh, and shout out to Benji Games, too. You're here right on time, as always. Says what's up to RK and Agent. We need to what's going on? Um, and you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star positive reviews. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're coming in kind of hot and heavy because one, it's a celebration itches. Um, you will understand that once we get to all the the news that we have. But first, we're going to get into a little uh, spoiler free, spoiler light recapping of uh, Star Wars: uh, The Mandalorian, uh, chapter twenty. Excuse me. Um. Uh. Season 3, Episode 7, Chapter 23, called The Spies, as I do... So, yeah, folks. Um, this one kind of hit the ground running. So, so, so. Yeah. I mean, listen, as the penultimate episode, this is the one that, re- that essentially reset the story after the previous episode kind of took us all my uh, let's say took a lot of us myself definitely included kind of out of the suspension of our disbelief and put us right in the middle of uh, spot that cameo so (laughs) it was nice to be back in the mandalorian story and specifically see how things looped back around just prior to the ending of this season so that's why I thought this was really effective. But at the same time, it seems like we waited a long time throughout this season to get to this point. You know, it was like a super slow burn. And this episode is all, you know, like minor or like kind of expected plot development 
on top of action, on top of sacrifices. So there was a lot happening in this episode that I guess we had all been kind of been waiting for with bated breath. What do you think? Mm. Uh, I slightly agree. Like, I didn't think it was that slow of a burn, but also once it got to the point to where it was like, okay, they are clearly trying to, as we've been saying, make up for this other stuff that they're trying to get through in, in the, the pre in the sequel, uh, trilogy. Like, yeah, that, that kind of took, um, like that kind of took away from the, the main story, but also I guess added to it because given you kind of would expect around this time, like, yeah, they're going to be trying to get from here to there with some stuff. Um, it, during the course of these, uh, you know, the the ongoing shows, that being Mandalorian and the the, the previously ended st- uh, Bad Batch and um, whatnot. So it's um, it, it, it's kind of that thing you kind of had to be like, all right, yeah, here here we go with this stuff. But yeah, now that we're back to this stuff right here, that kind of been teased and hinted from the first episode that we kind of knew what was going to be the case. You know, it was like, all right, we're 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 back to this and let's get to going. The only problem I had, and we're not going to spoil, uh, we're not going to spoil it because the show just came out like the day before yesterday as I was just recording, or yesterday as I was recording, excuse me, is that how in the world do a bunch of folks um, that are, let's say, um, fighters, get caught up in in what they get caught up in <laughs> that easily i mean it is <laughs> star wars True. and we know we know that star wars is the origin of it's a trap True. so this is true but it was just funny i was like how you you okay you should know better come on man but um but it is what it is. Um, I, I will say that there was one part of it that kind of reminded me of another Star Wars uh, and another animated Star Wars series uh, because of I was like, OK, I expected it to be three clones on this one in this one situation and not what we although we did find three. Like, well, there was more than three, but, you know, there were, we did find some other folks along the way. Put it that way. Right, so, right, 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 right. But I expected right, a couple so- of the other things to happen. I mean, I expected, you know, what's funny is that, and, and I've talked about this before, you know, I've listened to uh, the the air, one of the heirs to um, uh, binge mode, that being the Ringerverse, and, you know, the other one being X-Ray Vision over on Crooked Media, mm-hmm. and no shouting out, you know, no, we're, we're not doing paid ads here, but I have to uh, uh, shout out, you know, the podcast that i myself listened to and that the, the there was a theory that they propagated that they, they didn't necessarily promote but they definitely carried it forward and it bore out in this episode okay you know the theory being be, uh, being related to uh what was on the planet of mandalore right so I I thought that was a finite, you know, like I feel like uh, I feel like I'm Forrest Gump. That's a fine idea. Um, when I heard that, that's that's exactly what I said. That's going to be a fine idea. So when I saw that come to fruition, to to see that bear out, I I, I kind of laughed. I was like, well, you know, the, the, uh, I wasn't the, the the first person to think of that. You know, I heard that. I was like, you know what? That's probably what's going to happen. 
you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I have not heard what theories it was, so I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be surprised. And I don't think I've heard not to think about it. Well, the only theories that I've actually heard have to do with the, the main characters. Uh, involvement in the thing and it seemed like they may be uh going the length to to make one of that well part of that come true i'm not sure because like we only got one more uh uh episode left and i feel like that's a story that's going to need a lot more than just one more episode to for them to do right so but all in all all, it was it was a pretty good episode you know um you know, uh, I, I kind of want to say something about the uh, a, a certain how a certain character kind of did, which that was kind of expected. I, I feel like, and it did actually happen. But um, yeah, the, it, things kind of worked out the way they were going to put it that way, just to not to labor the point. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's it, it there. There are uh, a couple of things that play out here. Um, one of them is we we mentioned this in our pre-production meeting that there was an obvious product being created before our eyes, <laughs> a, a toy being created before our eyes on screen yes, that is, is sure to be released with the quickness. Yes, there is definitely a, a, a couple of new figures that's probably going to come out fairly soon at the... Yeah. So stay tuned, folks, because we will. I'm sure we will talk about it when the when that news finally breaks. <laughs> agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, so I think that's it for this week's episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So now we're gonna get into some Star Trek Picard season three, episode nine, another penultimate episode, actually, uh, called right. Vox. All right. Engage. Yes. I'm not going to lie. And I do not. I, there's so many layers to what I just said. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many layers. Indeed. Indeed. The band, at this point, you know, folks, if you've been keeping up with the show, the band's back together. Um, we finally got, well, close to the final bit of plot uh, threadings woven up to go into the end. There, I, there is still a question or two on my end. And I think there was kind of a swerve that will, that has kind of negated a couple of people's theories. Because I have heard some theories on this particular show. All right. I'll tell you that one of the things I enjoyed was the twist on a concept that we had up until now understood to be able to be done one way and to use classic Star Trek technology with like pseudoscience mm-hmm. to make that twist happen. I appreciated that. I really did. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm like, okay. I, I, yeah, I guess if you, if you thought about it in a, in some kind of long window, long way, you probably could have seen it coming, but it was like, that nah, was kind of a hard one with what was given to us with this season. It was kind of hard to come across just with exactly, exactly. Once they had this subtle reveal, it made more sense. It was that subtle reveal that you know uh that that helped us to understand this particular theory and that sort of reveal is you know this is the first time we're hearing of it so there's no way i don't think anyone would have come up with that one no they they don't know like you said they just kind of repurpose something into into something else and i was like okay that's that's like i said the the, the prevailing theory is was going a, a totally different way 
Right. Um, which still kind of doesn't, well, it makes, it makes some sense in a certain way, given what we've seen so far, but now has opened up a couple of other questions going the other way, because that's involved. There's a couple of involvement questions in uh, a couple of other things that I have. Uh, but I assume hopefully is going to get answered in the the next episode. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, you know, and episode, we'll so. see exactly, which is going to be the final episode in all of Picard. Mm-hmm. So that should be an interesting episode to watch next week, folks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be a, a slightly bigger, sh- uh, longer show. I, I kind of doubt it. Cause I mean, they haven't really done that. They've been pretty much stuck to their guns about lengths of things, you know, up until this time but like I said, right. there might be there might be a subtle lengthening but it may not be that you know like i haven't seen anything announced they usually announce right. that stuff but you never know right yeah exactly and you don't so i don't know because it's like okay and then there's like a at least one thing from like the last couple of seasons that was like are they just gonna just put that tech that into the end or something for whatever mm-hmm. other reason i don't know but regardless i'm looking forward to it um the the last part of the uh show Definitely was one that kind of had me in my feels in, in the very in in, the, in a very good way. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. But it was it was a uh, you should definitely check it out if you if you uh, are interested. So that being said, we're going to push on into the books of the week. Uh, starting off with uh, Fantastic Four number six. All righty, Fantastic Four number six is written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, again, during our pre-production meeting, Radhika and I were discussing what book to start with, and interestingly, we'd settled on this issue. And the one comment I made, and I'll hand this off to Rodicat, was, so this was an interesting turn for Ryan North to take our characters, the Fantastic Four, because this is a direct continuation of something that seemed to be a minor development in the last issue. Right. Now, we are dealing with a very interesting twist on utilizing all of the ff including alicia including alicia to affect some sort of solution to something that actually believe it or not is kind of the ff's fault kind of not right and that seems to be you know the theme of this or of that seems to be the theme of this early part of the ryan north run on this book I will say though that the art was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I'm still kind of struggling with the mustache on Johnny Storm. Yeah, that every every page. Yeah, it it doesn't look right. There's just it just seems off. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I I I definitely like, and we've seen this happening more and more. Alicia being given far more, not agency, but just things to do. You know, because she's always been in charge of her, uh, I mean, for the most part, she's always been in charge of her own destiny for the most part. But this gives her active things to do as part of like the support group around the FF. Right. So 
Yeah, I totally. You know, agree. she was traditionally like the babysitter, especially when the kids were really young. Right. You know, That's go with Alicia thing. kids. You right. know. Which also was going back to a couple few issues ago. Surprise that wherever they are, there she was not with them. But I guess that that was the reasoning. This was the reasoning why she's with, you know, she's with Ben right. and, and not with them. Right. So ultimately, you know, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat for his thoughts. But that's, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I was kind of just a little, you know, taken aback, confused, startled, whatever. Just a little bit like, huh, so this is where North is going with this? A little weird, but okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So the whole, it, and, and I guess I kind of share that because it's like, okay, we've been seeing this for the, since the start of this volume. It's like, yeah, well, they're already in this one particular state and they're already, you know, uh, people already think a certain thing about them. So now they're going to go and do another thing, granted, you know, trying to help out that kind of continues to put them in that same state or even worse to, to get them to where they are. Um, I guess at the end of this, and I guess, including with who shows up with that part right there was probably the weirdest thing about this was like, okay, I guess somebody was going to show up in, you know, in opposition of, uh, of, uh, what's going on. But at the same time, like that's still seems kind of weird since they were trying to do whatever to get out of the last situation. <laughs> You know, right or seemingly seemingly was going to but then end up getting another but yeah that little thing that agent seven was talking about was of course was going to turn into a big big thing and uh and like going into the next issue which is the seventh hundredth legacy issue uh and to what we came to find out in the news someone else is going to be involved um uh, in yeah i'm not sure where exactly North is kind of going with this whole story. And uh, obviously he's going to, you know, do something near the end of this, whenever that's going to, to be the, the, the case. But I'm going to assume that uh, this is all to get into this next issue. And then that's where it's going to kind of like, all right, now we're, we're going to put everything back. I'm assuming. Right. Like the big anniversary. Right. Right. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, I did like the, the the little brother sister bonding that was going on, despite you know the the, the situation that was going on. Also, the fact that the plan, well, it's weird. The, the the plan that was conceived came from the the one unlikely place that ended up getting someone else in trouble. So that was the part that was kind of like, okay, that's weird on both accounts, but we got to get there some kind of way. So otherwise, that like I'm still here for the ride. So like I said, it's, it's We'll see where it goes next. Uh, the coming out of that, uh, the, the next issue. And with that, I think we're going to go into rapid fire. All right, oh, no, wait, no, no, I'm sorry, no, 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 we're not, no, we're not. Guardians, sorry. Oh Forgot no! About Forgot about that. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> All righty. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So we'll do Guardians of the Galaxy next. Guardians of the Galaxy. Interestingly enough, is written by the same team behind this week's Captain America Cold War Alpha number one, which is the other book I read this week. So uh, this book is written by, as I get to the credits uh, page, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. The art is by Kev Walker, most recently of Predator. 
colors are by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters are by VCs Corey Petit. Folks, Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy have been off the table, off the board, in the Marvel Universe for, universe for a little while. And now we see what they may have been up to, or at least where they have come from after this little, let's say, being off the grid period. And it's a very interesting twist on what we know to be the Guardians. This is still very much in continuity. This is not a reimagining, folks. This is them going in a very different direction. Ultimately, part of it felt very Cowboy Bebop. Thank you. Definitely felt that. I you know, and, and it's funny that I can make that reference now. <laughs> um, I definitely felt uh, a couple of characters taking a very distinct left turn when it came to their characterization. A couple, more than one. Some of it was MCUification, some of it was not. Yes. And finally, the big bad, and it's not that big a spoiler if you've been keeping up with solicitations or news stories that we have talked about on the show, but one member in particular may or may not be behind part of the crisis that the Guardians are fighting against. That is teased, obviously not revealed here completely in the first issue. We will see how this plays out over the course of this opening arc, if not more. Thank goodness it's not Zeb Wells writing this story. <laughs> Shots fired! Although, that being said, we are definitely getting teased because, um, one, there is a timeline that has been established, which, which I think almost lines up with the absence of the Guardians of the book, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um... It's a similar time frame. And yes, in that same Zeb Wells and uh, I guess Ryan North to a point uh, and uh, fashion, yeah, they are, they're, they're, they're kicking this off pretty much already into the thing and we don't know why some things are the way they are. Um, and also, I, I guess to go on um, the 70s Cowboy Bebop point, yeah, it is definitely that, but it's also just, just plain Western uh, you know, themed uh, in that respect. For what reason? Again, we don't know. Uh, particularly, like I said, coming out of the last volume, which I vaguely remember what happened then. Now that I think about it, so and as Agent Seventy said, it's definitely a an MCU vacation happening because the team makeup is pretty much the MCU team uh, minus a couple of characters, right? Uh, again, one of which is involved and the other we, we haven't seen yet for whatever reason, but I think the news kind of bore out that that, that, that character is probably somewhere around uh, in some way, shape, or form that we, I guess we will finally see at some point. But yeah, other than that, it is an interesting start. Um, apparently, Gamora is back to her, um, her former uh, fetish model days. <laughs> with the get up and everybody's yeah everybody's uh, uh uh get up and some and in a couple of cases uh attitude slash demeanor are, are kind of different in in a way that i'm hoping they're going to at some point get into 
Yeah. Like, because they can't just leave that out there like, okay, why why is this person like this? And why, you know, why all this, right. this, all, all this came about? Right. Like I said, a little bit of MCUification, but a little bit of just a left turn. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a left time turn that I think I can I can't necessarily speak for for Agent Seventy, but it's one that I I'm more readily accepting of as opposed to what the 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 couple of other ones that we spoke of previously, right? So specifically the the the, the Spider Man stuff, but the, the FF stuff was like okay, we we knew we were going to get some explanation relatively more sooner than we have with Spider Man. So, oh God. <laughs> and we're still getting more questions uh kind of uh, from that even though the explanation has already happened so <laughs> i'm sorry folks we 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 take shots throw shade whatever euphemism you want to apply every week at that story so you know give us for beating that particular dead horse yeah and there's another one I know Agent 70 didn't get to this week that I did, but we will talk about that when we get into Rapid Fire. Here we go. I ain't got time to breathe. All righty. So I will lead off because I literally have one more book to talk about that being Captain America Cold War Alpha number one again. This book is written by former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles, uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Uh, the art on this book is supplied by Carlos Magno. Oh, I'm sorry. Tochi Onyabuchi, the author, the writer of Captain America's uh, Sentinel. Not, uh, uh, oh my God. What's Sam's book, the, the subtitle? Symbol of Freedom. Symbol of freedom. Oh my gosh. You know, we've gotten so used to calling it, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, Sam's book and Steve's book, right? So, uh, the, the, the trio of writers on the two Captains America, they actually make a point of saying Captains America in this issue. They brought that back up uh, again. Okay. <laughs> what's that? I said they brought that back up again, huh? Exactly. Um, the art on this book is uh, supplied by Carlos Magno. Letters are by uh, VC's Joe Caramagna. Um, color, the color art is by Guru EFX. I'm sorry for doing that in that order, but that just seems to be the way this Captain America editing team presents the cre- the uh, the art credits. You know, it's usually colors then letters, but hey. So ultimately. We see part of what uh, Bucky has planned as the result of being named or taking the name of the revolution uh, as being part of the outer circle. And, you know, we bring together the two caps. We have Ian Rogers uh, in play. We also have something from the Remender Captain America run coming back uh, other than uh, well, in addition to that is. Uh, Ian Rogers. So we'll see how all of this plays out. Interestingly enough, um, you know, Magno's art is a little hit and miss sometimes when it comes to proportions. There are a couple of couple of panels in here that really took me out 
of my suspension of disbelief, you know, just being able to appreciate and just being an art critic of a, a very poor art critic at that. But still, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, dude, where's the editorial on this to kind of fix this up? There's no art. You know what? I kind of miss days when the days when uh, John Romita Sr. was like the head of the art department in Marvel and would like, you know, see pages and like make changes to things because I feel like there should have been an editor kind of, you know, looking at some of these layouts. So, but anyway, uh, that's it for me. Uh, one small errata. It is symbol of truth, not symbol of freedom. Ah, symbol of truth. Look, neither of us remembered. Yeah, so it's okay. (laughs) But I was like, let me, let me actually go back and check that real quick. Just, uh, just, uh, we, we both goofed. So it's okay. Um, so going into my books, we have Star Trek number six. Uh, I guess a potential click of the week, I will say. There we go. Uh, creative team is as follows. Writers, actually, there we go. We, we're keeping the, the uh, train going with uh, writers Colin Kelly and Jensen, Jackson Lansing. Uh, with yeah. arts by Ramon Rosanis. Uh, colors by Lee Luffridge. And letters by Clayton Cowles. So, yeah, um, this... I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say that this may be the end of this arc, but this seems to be potentially the end of this part of the story, I, I, I'm guessing. Uh, because, you know, if you follow Star Trek, th- there are some things that are fundamentally, uh, the, the fundamentally true. Uh, a big thing is going to happen. A lot of times it ends up going to Earth, uh, and whatever crew is uh, the one that came across it, ends up being the ones that uh, have to uh, stop it. Uh, like I said, total Star Trek things. There are some, uh, some very familiar protocols that, that are enacted in the course of this book. It's like, okay, great. That's a nice little nod callback because of, some, because of uh, similar things that happen relatively apparently. Or, or rather, or, uh, a lot, I guess, or at least enough in, in this universe uh, to where they have to do that. But also, there's some um, some kind of side things with some personal relationships, not personal relationships, but some working relationships that also get, and personal relationships that kind of get ironed out during the course of this um, this issue. Uh, but at the end of it, we get, uh, as, uh, one, as one Benjamin Sisko says, uh, we, get, um, we get to go home. And if you know anything about uh, that character I just mentioned and where they are stationed, you know where they're headed next. Someone also gets a, a kind of a field promotion that kind of puts them in line with one Dr. McCoy, uh, and which makes sense because they're also a doctor. So, You mean not a field demotion? That was the first time I'd ever heard that term. Oh, oh no, not, I'm not talking about that. I didn't, <laughs> I know what I'm just saying, about, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm like, wait, I, I had never heard the term field demotion before, folks. Right. Minor spoiler, that term pops up in this week's episode of Picard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go no, ahead. No, you're good, you're good, you're good. But no, yeah, some uh, a character who is also in this show also um, gets a, a slight field promotion. I don't know if it's an actual promotion, but uh, because this character is usually pretty much in that uh, capacity in some kind of way, or was anyway. So it was kind of interesting that they that they did that. But um, 
But this book continues to be pretty, pretty great. And I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to go from this. And also in relation to the next book that I'm talking about, which is also referenced uh, in the in that particular issue. Uh, Star Trek Defiance number two, uh, which is written by Christopher Cantwell, uh, with art by Angel or on Un- Unwell, I guess it's Angel Unzweta. I'm not sure I have not heard that name out loud, so I don't know. My apologies if I butchered it. Colors by Marissa Louise. And did I really not get the letters? Uh, pardon me a moment, folks. Clayton Cowles, once again, is doing the lettering. Um, so yeah, so this is the kind of the companion companion book to uh, the Star Trek ongoing, uh, in that has broken off from Star Trek. So basically, Worf's got a uh, Worf's got a ship now. Uh, breaking off of events from, you know, something that happened in the last issue of uh, Star Trek. Um, gone, gone off his board on a side mission of which, actually, the regular book may or may not be kind of um, doing something with going forward also. I'm not sure. But, you know, regardless, Worf's got his own ship, got his own uh, crew, his own Motley crew at that, uh, which consists of him, uh, Spock, Belana Torres, uh, Rolaren, and one, um, one sibling of another character, let's just say, who, if you're watching the video version, you can see the, the cover, you know, so it's, it's a <laughs> spoiler, non-spoiler. Uh, we get to under, we get to see and understand why this character is, has been put back into play in the, in this vision. And as for the issue, the, the reasoning makes sense, put it that way. Um, now again, I don't know how much, uh, in canon this is with the, with, uh, what's going on in Star Trek Picard, but I know this is at a different time, so that may or may not, uh, have much bearing, but we'll see. Next up is, uh, Moon Knight, number 22. Um, excuse me. Oh, painting Dr. Moon Knight. There we go. Written by Jed McKay, art by Alessandro Capuccio, color artist Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Uh, this is also a potential click of the week for me, as it is a um, a pretty much a Tigra-centric story. Uh, again, if you're watching the video version, you can see the, the cover there. Um, uh, so yeah, it's 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 interesting coming out the end of this uh, as to what they're starting up and i won't go into what happens with that but the only thing i will say about this issue is that i would i would not mind reading a um tiger solo story a solo book um because there are some things you kind of forget like yeah she's a capable of avenger but obviously she's not going up against no you know cosmic level event uh even though she has had to (laughs) in during her time as an avenger but i can see some stories you know having to do with um you know, uh, her doing some t- detective work and kind of getting into stuff and going up to folks, um, as he has, she has done in the past. Uh, the, the amusing things about, about this one is that there is a, um, cameo by another teammate of hers, which was like, okay, yeah, 
this is what I want to see more of this um, because they would just so happen to be in the area and she needed some information. But this finds this issue pretty much finds her going after one of um, Moon Knight's old uh, adversaries. That's apparently Mark was like, eh, I don't care. It's kind of but we can't we come to find out why that is out the coming out of this. And we also get some time with um who you forget that uh Piker has a kid and she has a kid with someone and uh there's some uh stuff about that that comes up in the course of this. Which that was probably the weird part about this because it was like, okay, it's weird that this stuff is coming up here for whatever odd reason. And why, but coming out of the end of it, I guess it makes more sense. So, but it was a good issue. Uh, next up, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number five. Here we go. Written by Cody Ziegler, uh, art by Federico Vincentini, and color artist of Brian Valenza. And again, did I not get the letters? What happens? <laughs> um, pardon me, folks. While I say that, um. I don't know, Ray Deceptive, if you're still reading this or not. Because I know you, we've been having some some issues with uh, some things uh, and with this uh, with, with the story. Yes, no? Well, I'm sorry. I, I was uh, uh, trying to do something. What was that? I said I didn't know whether you were still reading this uh, uh, issue or reading this book or not, or you pretty much gave up on it. Which book? Spider-Man. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, I have not given up on it. Okay. Although I have been very frustrated. So I apologize. I definitely apologize. I, the last thing I heard you talk about was Moon Knight. So uh, that must have been the book right before. Yes, it was. Uh, anyway, I won't go too far into it. This, this seemingly for now closes out the, the, the first arc of the story with that whole rabble situation. Um, what do you mean, rebel, 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 rebel? <laughs> it's literally, I think, where they're taking that name from, rebel, rebel. Probably, or maybe they've been listening to Tim. Um, <laughs> so there's, there, I feel like there's a couple of references that are here that if you read them, you might catch them. Also, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I know we both had an issue with the fact that of the, um, the, the, um, the, the bad person's motivations for doing what they're doing. And it, even reading this, that still feels kind of weird, but they kind of get to a place with that. He, in a way, um, there was also a team up with, with uh, Misty Knight and, and Starling, which was cool, which again, might have may or may not have referenced an, another thing from the X-Men corner of the universe. Um, and Miles kind of has a couple of moments of, of, um, one of which is a, a kind of a Spidey classic note that he kind of uh, has. But he also right. maybe have a, a new ability that is coming out of this, interestingly enough. Um, but yeah, so like I said, oh, you will happen, Agent 70, will be happy to learn that I think they might have toned down the, uh, the quote-unquote younger vacation of Misty Knight. <laughs> In this issue. By the way, they're in there. I mean, you know, a little here and there, but it's not as bad as what it has been in the last a couple of uh, issues. So and that's all I'll say about that, because, yeah, I don't want to give away too much of it. But it, I think it, for now, it kind of closes out the, um, 
the whole rabble thing for now. Rabble, rabble. Yes. Uh, my next book is James Bond 007 for King and Country number one of I'm not sure how many issues because uh, I can't, can't seem to find that out. Um, it's written it's by not Phil- a comic list? <clears throat> nope, not comic list, not previews. So Got it. Um, write, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Giorgio Spalletta, excuse me, color artist Francisco Segala, with assist by Agnes Paza, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So, the first 007 book, I did not, I said I was going to read, and I still plan on reading it, but I didn't, haven't gotten a chance to. So, I'm not entirely sure if some things that are brought up here I believe are coming from that story but I'm not entirely sure how much uh, that being said but we find uh, our, our, our James Bond in a certain state um, that I guess he's not well I guess depending on which version of Bond you you, um, you you think about you know either he's kind of always here or rarely ever been here put it this way uh, but he also finds himself uh, with an associate and also maybe dealing with a thing that might, let's say, be coming out of one Mission Impossible 2 in a way. Uh, and again, I don't know how much of, of that stuff that they brought up, bring up in this book may be from uh, the first uh, James Bond uh, book. But... Uh, of uh, the dynamite James Bond, which is really specific. So, um, not sure, but I'll have to go back there and read that when I get a chance to. But otherwise, that is, it's, uh, not a bad start, you know. So, we'll see where it goes from there, and hopefully I'll be able to catch up with, uh, with that joint. And my last book is, boom, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade, number three. Uh, which is written by Danny Lore, with art by Karen S. Darbo, color artist Chris Peters, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So, Brielle meets her dad, finally. Um, you know, Blade, daughter of Blade. It's right there in the title, folks. Come on. Um, and it seems to go better than what you'd think it would, in, interestingly enough. But um, the way they met, you know, I guess... It didn't wasn't so much of a thing for him because he's kind of used to things kind of coming at him. Uh, but after a nice little twenty five cent version of his story and partially her story, we kind of get into the training montage. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the, the majority of this book. Uh, but at the end of this, of course. You know, there, there's always a new wrinkle and a new wrinkle introduce or reintroduce themselves at the end of this book uh, that I'm sure both that should Blade specifically is none too thrilled to uh, to be back acquainted with. So we'll definitely see how that goes. And that is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Apple, um, so I don't think, yeah, we didn't get anything from our other, um, co-host, but I'm just going to make, um, 
Well, nothing definitive. Right. Because we yeah. did have a very positive review about one book that one of our absentee colleagues read. Right. And I'm going to pretty much make that their click. Uh, and yeah. I might actually possibly go with them. But we shall see in a moment. And that book is Star Trek number six. And that is from Dirt. Um, he basically said, yeah, Star Trek is really good this week. And it, and it, and it was. So I, I, I cannot uh, dispute or dispute that. Although at first I was like, wait, is he talking about Picard? But I always assumed he was going to he would say Picard if he meant Picard. I don't right. Know even right. That's it. what I would assume also. Yeah. So I was assuming he's talking about the book. Um, so we're going to put that for his. Do you have yours? I'm still thinking, but I only have three choices. So I think uh, I'm going to defer to you for just a few seconds to make a decision. But if you don't come up with one in like the next 15 or 20, I'll probably just make a choice. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so my choices are either Moon Knight, Star Trek, and um, maybe Guardians. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Guardians. Yeah. Because I was a little taken aback by what was going on in FF, even though I really liked, you know, the, the, the execution of the story. I just thought it was a weird direction to go at the end of it. Right. And, you know, I, I, I've been kind of not hate reading all the cat books, but just not being keen on the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy number one. And that is um, Agent 17. So put that put this variant cover up. Oh wow, that's the fetish cover. Of course, that's the one I put up. I say I say fetish. It's not that bad, actually, folks. I, I have nothing else against fetish. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna actually go with Moon Knight number 22 because, like I said, uh, it is it is more of a tiger story than. Uh, then Moon Knight, and I would like to see more Moon, uh, more Tiger stuff because let's face it, I mean, folks know me. I'm a fan of the Wackos, the West Coast Avengers. Uh, again, one of which, another of which shows up in this book, uh, and Tiger also, you know, in, in, in relation to especially like I said, the OG version of uh, the Wackos. So more of that, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And with that, folks, we are going to go into the news section, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Oops. And we get into the cinematic news uh, as we do about this time. The reason why we're going so fast is because there's a lot of news from this week. Like I said, it is a celebration, folks. Um, one that is probably dated at this point is that the Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition is back in theaters to mark the 20th anniversary. 
Why I say it's dated? Because I believe that was tonight, uh, Thursday, April 13th. Oh, wait, no, yeah, it, it, that is true. It says um, the the movie comes back tonight, Thursday, April 13th, and Wednesday, April 19th, uh, according to this article, at 7 p.m., whatever local time, and hitting Canadian theaters at 7 p.m. local on Thursday, April 20th. It says here that the screenings will kick off uh, with a special introduction from Elijah Wood, who will discuss the lasting impact of the universe, uh, first conjured by uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and his epic 50s fantasy novel. And it kind of goes on from there. But it also uh, looks like... Um, oh, there's, a, there's going to be coverage of a new Lord of the Rings tabletop game as a celebrity panel embarks on their own adventure into Middle-earth to raise support for the Extra Life for Kids fundraising program in conjunction with Children's Miracle Network Hospital. So that's great. So there's some, some, also some charity going on with this. Next up. So in uh, CW you know, TV show news, a new multiverse is teased in the first official The Flash Season 9, Episode 9 trailer with Arrow versus Green Arrow. The Arrowverse is about to have one of its biggest episodes on The Flash later this month. For Episode 9, the Grant Gustin starring series is bringing together several iconic guest stars. The installment will mark Kanan Lonsdale's final time as Wally West, a.k.a. Kid Flash, and it will feature the return of Stephen Amell as the Arrowverse's Green Arrow. This will be Amell's first return to the Arrowverse since Arrow Season 8 in 2020. Yeah, and I'm... This will be Wednesday, April 25th. Yep. And I'm also kicking myself because I realized there's some stuff I could have put um, closer to this than than to happen. But we'll push through. Joker 2 director reveals new look at Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix as filming raps. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the Instagram post from Todd Phillips that shows uh, uh, one Stephanie Germanata in her, I guess, Harley Quinn kind of makeup. Um, but yeah, sure. Uh, that's a wrap, Philip Captions. Thanks to these two plus the entire cast and the best crew of the film industry has to offer. From top to bottom, going to crawl into a cave now, edit room, and put it all together. That was from Todd Knox's, not, uh, Todd Phillips's um, Instagram post. Next up. Alrighty, the Penguin trailer heralds the new king of Gotham. Uh, the Batman spinoff series is headed to not HBO Max. Oh, we'll get to that in a little bit. And not Cinemax, but just plain old Max. Like it's Saved by the Bell. <sighs> yeah, looks like we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, very little is known about the plot of the series, which only recently went into production. But hey, we got a little bit about it. Yeah, apparently people have been, going, been liking this trailer like a whole lot. Um, at least from, from anecdotally from, you know, from the Twitterverse. So I'm like, okay, I still haven't seen the Batman, so I don't, you know, it is what it is. Um, Russell Crowe says Craven the Hunter movie is set in an quote, unexpectedly dark world. So yeah, that Craven Hunter thing is still going on folks. Um, there's really, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently, Russell Crowe had a recent interview with CBR, and he shared some insight that fans might find interesting. I'm not going to go into to it because I think that that last soundbite said enough. Next up, right? 
All righty. So, Buckle guess up, what, folks? Guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? It is Star Wars. Celebrate good times. Come on. Hello there. Exactly. So, first up, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy announced three new live-action Star Wars films are on the way. This is from Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. Helming the movies are James Mangold, Dave Filoni, and Academy Award and Emmy Award-winning director Charmin Obey Chinoy. James Mangold's movie will go back to the dawn of the Jedi, while Dave Filoni's will focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series. Charmin Obeyed Chinoy's film will be set after the events of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker and will feature Daisy Ridley back as Rey, not Skywalker to me, but Skywalker in her heart. As she builds a new Jedi Order. Because they they just gotta keep keep that train of rolling, I guess. <laughs> you know? Like, so. have we not learned enough for the first two, two, the, the first couple of trilogies? What but are you hey, gonna do? Yeah, it's a cycle. But yes, on the the that news, um Lucasfilm president confirms that uh Kevin Feige's film was never an official project. So that's kind of been the thing that's been rumored around here and there. But apparently, uh, Kevin, Kevin and Kennedy was like, uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, right. Next up. All right. Next up, Star Wars, the Acolyte. First footage debuted at Celebration. So the first look at the Acolyte, the upcoming Star Wars thriller series starring Amanda Stenberg and Lee Jung-jae was revealed at London's Star Wars Celebration. The cast also includes Jodie Turner-Smith, The Good Place star Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keene, a.k.a. X-23, Rebecca Henderson, Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity, Dean Charles Chapman, Charlie Barnett, and Margarita Levieva. Okay. So, uh, yeah. We have, have Has the trailer dropped at all? Like, no, or been leaked at all? No, it was just, for, just footage. Uh, yeah, just for the attendees of Celebration. Right. Uh, on that, um, the Acolyte will feature a Jedi Knight from the High Republic era. That would be Venestra Rowe, uh, apparently. So, I think this is supposed to be set, like, during or around the time of the High Republic, I'm not sure, or near the end of it, I don't know, I can't remember. But it was announced that the character will be played by, um, uh, I was about to say Fast and Furious, um, um, Mission Impossible's Rebecca Henderson. At least I think that's that's who that is. If I'm not mistaken. But it says here that um, Roe was a um, Marillion uh, Jedi Knight and a fan favorite from her appearance in the Star Wars books and comics. I have not read much of the uh, High Republic stuff, so I don't know. Next up. The trailer for Ahsoka came out during Celebration. And that show is coming in August 2023. To Disney Plus. That's just a few months away, folks, when it's bound to get hot. Guess what? Turn on AC and sit down and watch some Ahsoka. 
Um, yep. It was revealed during Lucasfilm Studio Showcase at Celebration, a major moment for the title character and her longtime fans. Yeah, yeah we saw a lot in this trailer, folks. Yes. They dropped yes. a lot of goodies. Yes, it was. This, yes, it did, including. Um, well, actually, they didn't drop this in the trailer, but yeah, if you're a Rebels fan, I think you will look. If you if you haven't seen the trailer, you will appreciate it. Yep. Lars, Lars Mickelson, because if it's not a, a Skarsgård, it's got to be a Mickelson, is confirmed, to, to, <laughs> is confirmed to play Grand Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars Ahsoka. Yo, Roddy Cat is not lying. Roddy Cat is not joking. Roddy Cat is not kidding. Mm. Now, to be fair, Lars Mickelson voiced uh, Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels. So, right. It makes right. sense. So it's, yeah, it does make sense, but at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, geez, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Go ahead. But yeah, now that's that's pretty much that. That that this came out after the uh this trailer, uh like I think a day or not even a day, probably a few hours after the, the trailer for Soccer came out that uh he was gonna be because all we saw in the trailer was a a, a back of the head shot. So right. Thrawn is back, folks. To to uh, much people's uh, giddiness, let's say. Next up, yep. Wes Chatham, who played Amos Burton on six seasons in The Expanse, has been tapped to join the ensemble cast of Disney Plus's upcoming Star Wars series, Ahsoka. Per deadline, Chatham will be joining uh, Ahsoka as the right hand man of Grand Admiral Thrawn. All right, yeah, not bad pick. He's, he, he, Plays kind of a heavy on the expanse, so yeah, that's that's not a bad pick. Um, speaking of more rebels, um, Star Wars Rebels Hera is a legend, uh, is a rebel legend by the events of Ahsoka. Uh, we yeah. do know, yeah, we do know that uh, um, Hera, which we did see a couple of shots of in the Ahsoka trailer, is being played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and uh, this article pretty much is uh, basically her discussing how she's playing. Um, Hera and um, where she's, I guess, where the character is at that before, you know, or around the events of Ahsoka. Next up. Yep, 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 yep. Just need a second here to keep this moving. Um, Lucasfilm unveiled its first look at season two. We are getting a season two of its Disney Plus series, Andor. Not Mando, but Andor. On Friday, as part of Celebration, the 12-episode first season of Andor was created by Tony Gilroy. And I don't think... Do we have any news on how long this one is? Or is it just that it's announced? No, it's just, just announced. Just announced. Okay. I was about to say, I didn't have a chance to scroll through the article, but I guess not. Oh, wait. Actually, hold on a second. No, I take that back. It says... It's like a 12-episode season will take place over four years leading up to right before the events of Rogue One. Oh, I did hear about this. Right. So I think it's like the like each year is going to be encompassed in three episodes. Right. Just like that's okay. Yes. Three pods. That's how they put it. Each of those pods will encapsulate a successive number of days within one of those years. Right. So so kind of like we we, we saw in the first season, uh, but with a with bigger time jumps. Yes. So. Cool. I mean, I figured like we were, we we had to get some more Andor. There's no way in the world they were just gonna leave that where it was. So it was just a matter of time of 
when right. they were going to do it. Uh, right. Dave, so I'll talk, well, I wanted to just jump in and just mention that uh, now both uh, Ewan McGregor and his newly uh, and his new wife Mary Elizabeth Winstead are now both in Star Wars. Yes, I totally forgot about that. Um, also, I didn't put it in the lineup, but it is in the clickbait section. Uh, the two Obi Wan's met. <laughs> Ewan McGregor and uh, James Otto Taylor, who voices Obi Wan, apparently they okay. met during the, they met for the first time during celebration. So it was it was kind of cool. Um, but that's in the click uh, in the clickbait session if you want to check that out. But uh, Dave Filoni's Star Wars: Tales of the Jedi is getting a season two, which again, not a big surprise. Um. So it says, yeah, this was confirmed by Filoni at Star Wars Celebration at the end of the uh, Clone Wars 50th, 15th anniversary panel. Goodness gracious, folks. You know what? Anytime we hear double digit numbers on something that we feel came out very, very, very recently, you know what reaction that gets from us. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. Indeed. Another what that would uh, get that was actually this week um, there was a book that came out, uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary The Ewoks came out. Right. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. But, uh, anyway, next up, Star Wars enlist the Bad Batch for a final season three. We have one more season of the Bad <clears> Batch <throat> coming. So Clone Force 99 is not done yet and we knew that was coming but we did not realize yet that this is going to be the final season of the bad batch so it is in fact in production right now so yep uh going back to that last one though uh i think the said it was like yeah tales of the tales of the jedi was so fun we had to do it again i'm like sure that's your reasoning um <laughs> speaking of uh star wars visions season two trailer uh has been released so again in yeah not surprised they're doing another season of this news um, it will be released on May the 4th because May the 4th be with you. Yay. Uh, of course, which is a Star Wars day amongst the fans and the nine uh, the, uh, animation studios that worked on season two are El Guri, Cartoon Saloon, Punk Robot, Ard- Ardman, uh, huh, Studio Mir, Studio La, Ch- uh, La Cachette, uh, 88 Pictures, uh, Art uh, should Shintanjo and Lucasfilm and Triggerfish. Some of those are likely going to be familiar for those in the anime realm. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. Next up. Alrighty, so actor Dennis Lawson, who people will recognize as the actor who played Wedge, Captain Wedge Antilles, uh, is returning to Star Wars in Star Wars Visions, courtesy of Ardman Animations. So Ardman director Magdalena Osinska spoke to Empire about casting the Wedge Antilles actor in her upcoming claymation short, I Am Your Mother. So that focuses on a parent-child starship race. Okay, interesting. As tends to do. So yeah, if you wanted some Wallace and Gromit in your Star Wars, there you go. Um, John Favreau teases where the Mandalorian season three is headed, uh, in its remaining episodes. Now I specifically did not read too much of this just in case there was any spoiler, spoiler rich things going on here, which I don't think there was, but it was as much of a tease as the title, um, says. And of course, yeah, Favreau next up. Next 
up. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. All right. So, exactly. Rawhide. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny brought a pulpy sense of adventure to the Star Wars celebration in London, where a new trailer for the Lucasfilm uh, debuted, the Lucasfilm film debuted, and an additional six minutes of the film were shown to a delighted crowd. Okay. Did you watch this trailer? No, oh, not this least, not this most recent one. I try not to watch the second one, but mm, gotcha. You know, I still don't know if I'm going to see this in the theaters. I kind of want to, but I'm not sure if I will either. So, and I didn't w- watch the last one either in the theater. So, but that one was. I don't think I've watched all of the last one. So, mm. I've watched chunks of it. Gotcha. So, Andy getting older, folks, and I think this might be the last ride. So. Well, we'll see. And I think, now that I think about it, I think there's a Skarsgård in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, They're everywhere, folks. They're yeah. everywhere. Uh, oh, well I'll, well, I'll look for that later. But yeah, I think Mads, wait, Mickelson, excuse me, not Skarsgård, it's Mickelson. It's Mads Mickelson, to be specific, who also has done a turn in Star Wars. So... There you go. Like I said, if it's not a Mickelson, it's a it's a Scars card. Anywho, um, Marvel unveils first look at the real life Rogers the musical that is going to be at um, Disneyland's Resort in Anaheim for a limited run. So if you can do this all day, uh, I guess you'll check it out. You know, whenever it happens. I can do this all day. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's how it went. That is how that is how it went. Oh my god! Um, you couldn't help but <laughs> you couldn't help but hear it as, as, as much as they did it. But yeah, June thirtieth is when it's going to uh, be at Disney uh, California Adventure. So yeah, if you want to see the full blown thing of that, there you go. And uh, apparently, there's a a couple of shots in this from a uh, Twitter from the from a Twitter account from the person who uh, um, covered it. Next up. All right. So I guess it's worth combining these next two because one basically leads into the next. So Marvel Studios teased the impending release of the first trailer for the Marvels with a brief recording from space. It was shared by Marvel Entertainment on Twitter and it consisted of 17 seconds of audio, which had a few unidentified speakers, which were later revealed in the trailer. So basically, uh, the, the the tease was "hello," while the second uh, person speaking was likely and definitely confirmed to be Sam Jackson's Nick Fury asking, "Where's Captain Rambo?" Mm-hmm. So on April 10th, earlier this week, the Marvels trailer dropped, and Brie Larson heads an all-female trio of heroes in this. And let me tell you, I enjoyed it. Yes. I could see where all the haters are going to hate, right? Not quoting Taylor Swift on purpose, but that's what came to mind. And ultimately, I understand where they're coming from. It's just that the the, the, the comic book fan in me was yelling out, that's not how this story happened with these Marvel characters. But you know what? Fine. Well, that's good. None of that, ha- what happened in the books, happened in the MCU at this point, so they couldn't really go on that. Exactly, exactly. So it's just very, it's very, like, smooshing all of the uh, the, the comic book uh, Captain Marvel history, you know, even the Marvel history 
into uh, this version of Captain Marvel. Right. But it was a fun trailer. I enjoyed it. And I, as much as I groaned at it when I first heard uh, first heard it, the use of the song they used in the trailer was pretty good. What was the song again? Refresh my memory. Intergalactic. Oh, that's right. I did. I now I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched the trailer a couple of times. I'm like, okay, this is. I I am more interested in. Well, I was already interested in this, but I'm kind of more interested in this now than I was then. Listen, you know, JJ does not have a monopoly on using beasties in you know trailers and or movies. But he's the reason why I was groaning at the use of the beasties <laughs> in the trailer. So it's true enough. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Stallone's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three Rogue has been confirmed with a first look uh, to footage that I don't believe was um, has been put out yet. Oh wait, it's, actually, it says here. Um, as evident by a recent TV spot for the movie, Stallone will reprise his uh, role as Ogre, uh, a.k.a. one part of Starhawk, if they go that route with it. Um, they're not going to go through the whole thing, I know that. But uh, the fresh footage showcases Ogard in his full Starhawk suit, something that has been absent from his first appearance in 2017. So there you go, folks. Um... Again, movie protocol for that coming with uh, coming on Star Wars Day at that sadly, but hey, it is what it is. I think they did that intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Next up, last story on this page of our notes. Yeah, I was about to say, what are you? What Marvel's. Are you about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, so Marvel's Blade just got. A little bit of an addition. So, according to Deadline, as an exclusive, sources tell Deadline that uh, Pearl and ex-star Mia Goth is set to join Mahershala Ali in Marvel Studios' Blade. Jan Demange, or Jan Demange is set to direct the pick with Michael Starbury on board to write the script. And I'm going to say the same thing I said on Twitter. I, when I saw the words Mia Goth and I thought The Sims. If and for those who play The Sims, know what I'm talking about, because that is pretty much where that comes from from me. But hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> for me, at least. Uh huh. RoboCop star Peter Weller to join Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to also say that apparently uh, there have been ten more episodes added to uh, Disney Plus which gives it a whopping total of 16 episodes. And it sounds like there is a, um, uh, I, I, well, I don't know about if it's a cliffhanger at the end, but yeah, it definitely gets in, into more of a full season uh, worth of episodes. So I'm not sure if this, what uh, they're talking about is coming from this season or something from next season, as this article may be suggesting. But basically, um, Peter Weller said he revealed that he wrapped up production on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, that apparently, uh, according to this article, dedicated, decorated actor and friend Lawrence Fishburne set him up with. Um, this is a quote. Uh, I just finished a thing called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Willis said, and I also did not know he was a doctor. 
natural doctor. But anyway, um, Lawrence Fishburne, a longtime pal, called me up and said, hey, would you play this? It's a voice acting gig. Would you do this role of Dr. Stern? It was written for you. And then kind of what it was going on was like, yeah, somebody tried to sell me on something like this before and it didn't <laughs> it wasn't great so um this article is postulating that the, could this be samuel stern of the leader fame but uh we don't know if that's if that's the case or not and i thought it was stern's not stern but anyway um next up Actor Paul Adelstein has joined the MCU as in an undisclosed role in a project that has yet to be fully confirmed. In one of the rare examples of a Marvel casting announcement, Paul Adelstein posted a photo of himself with a thick beard, wearing sunglasses and a Converse hat, wearing a puffy windbreaker jacket and a backpack, back, uh, and a backpack. The caption on the photo reads, ATL for the MCU, a simple message that speaks volumes. Does it? According to this article, they, they kind of went with it. You know? So. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, somebody, in the, if you're watching the video version, you can see the, the Instagram post, and somebody was like, give us a hint, William Stryker, and I don't know who this actor is, but it's like, yeah, with that beard, I, I can kind of see it, but I, we don't even know if they're actually doing anything close to that kind of stuff at this right. point. Anywho's, um... Deadpool 3 is bringing back Marina Baccarin's Vanessa and Stefan uh, Kepchik's Colossus. So, I guess confirming the rumors that whether those characters are going to uh, return. I still haven't seen two. Um, so, there you go. Uh, there's really nothing to say about that. Next up. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, I don't quite understand this. You can watch the the '80s Dungeons and Dragons crew discover the new movie. So these are the, the voice actors. Uh, so they basically did a treatment to where almost in the style of the '80s animated uh, the the '80s cartoon. And mm-hmm. uh, no, it's definitely not the same voice actors. Okay. Um, I mean, if they are, they, they yeah, they don't. They definitely don't sound like I remember. And I've recently watched that show uh, a couple of times. So, um, but yeah, apparently this is also kind of a spoiler because I, they may or may not have a part in that Dungeons and Dragons movie, according to this, um, according to this this trailer that I did watch because I love that show. Like I said, you know, the '80s kid in me couldn't resist. So, but I don't know if that's a real thing or if that's something that was uh, done for this uh, trailer. Nevertheless, I don't know. One of these days, I'll see. I'll watch that movie. I hear, I'm hearing pretty good things about it. Next up, though, Star Trek Picard's showrunner new Data had to be a part of the Next Generation reunion. So this is a story um, talking with Terry Metalis about bringing yeah. Brett, Spring, uh, Brett Spiner uh, back to the fold. Yeah, a mild spoiler for Picard season three. Well, sure. Although we have been talking about the band getting back together. Right. But also, you know, I guess technically this is, it is and it isn't because like this kind of happened like a week or two ago. So. Right. But yeah, still kind of spoilers if you haven't seen it. 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't been uh, watching, or if you haven't watched the recent one, the ones. So, but yeah, I'm not going to go into much into this. But apparently, this was um, Darren Metalis was one of those folks, according to this, um, who was very aware of Data's importance to the show, and um, he even says here is like, how the hell are you going to do a Star Trek Next Generation reunion without Data being a part of it? Which Data has been a part of. of uh, Star Trek Picard for the last three seasons in one way, shape, or form, just not in the, you know, I guess physical way. I don't know. But yeah, so there you go. It's back in the fold, and the band is truly back together again. Next up Extraction 2 trailer. I have not watched this. Chris Hemsworth has returned from the dead in this uh, sequel to the Netflix action movie. So, uh, yeah, surprise. So, uh, you know, this is directed by Sam Hargrave and produced by Anthony and Joe Russo. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing about it was, like, if I remember from the original movie, it was... You could go either way of whether the character was actually dead or not, but we kind of knew that, that it wasn't. Right. So, but yeah, this is, if you haven't seen the trailer and you've watched the first movie, it's interesting because they get a little video gaming uh, in, this, in, this, uh, in this trailer, so... Oh, interesting. Extraction, uh, Extraction 2 will release on Netflix on June 16th. Mm-hmm. Westworld and other canned HBO shows are now streaming on Roku for free. So apparently uh, more than 2,000 hours of Warner Brothers Discovery content is available across 14 ad-supported channels. Like I said, including the Westworld, The Nevers, Raised by Wolves, and a few others. So, um, yeah. Go check them out if you're, if you're missing those shows. Next up. Warner Brothers Discovery officially announced this week that Max is the new name of its flagship streamer, lopping off the HBO part of the name as it mixes in a big bucket of new content from Discovery Plus and other new original series. The lame part about this is that I think of Max... For Cinemax, so mm-hmm. why are you confusing everybody? And Cinemax just got buried in all of this, right? Like I'm kind of with you. Now. Also, I believe there's going to be a price hike because I thought I saw, saw some. Uh, I don't think it's in this article. No, it's in here. Um, but yeah, um, right. yeah. If you're if you're uh, what you call it, if you're not subscribed to the cable, correct. yeah, the actual app, right? Correct. Which, thankfully, yeah, I'm not even, I, you know, I don't even have HBO, but I think my uh, AT&T gave us, uh, gave folks uh, HBO Max, excuse me, Max, it's a tier of it. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm <laughs> It's one less thing to have to worry about. But yeah, May 23rd is when this is, when the, the name is going to, um, is going to come across. And they're basically repurposing the, the Cinemax site because I believe it was Max.com was the original uh, Cinemax site. This is terrible for SEO also, in, in addition to every other wrong thing with it. I'm like, they could have just kept it at HBO Max, and everybody would have been like, cool, we know what we're getting. Like Again, who cares about what Discovery's got to offer? I'm sure there's somebody, but whatever. Next up, though, uh, first trailer for Max Max's uh, Gremlin: Secret of Mogwai animated series has been announced. Has been uh, put out there. Uh, I totally forgot that this was a thing, but uh, it's a period piece set in 1920s Shanghai. 
Uh, it says the series reveals how a 10 year old Sam Wing, who becomes the future shop owner, Mr. Wing in the 1984 movie, met the young Mogwai called Gizmo. They strike up a long, uh, lifelong friendship as Wing attempts to return Gizmo to his family, encountering and sometimes battling colorful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore. Uh, meanwhile, the two and street thief L are pursued by a power hungry industrialist and his growing army of evil gremlins, which slightly sounds like gargoyles for some reason, even though I haven't really watched much of it. But yeah, there you go, folks. I hear some people like the trailer. Next up. All right, we get a first look at James Gunn's Creature Commandos DC series, and the voice cast has now been revealed. So the cast includes Sean Gunn as Weasel and G.I. Robot, Frank Grillo as Rick Flagg Sr., Maria Bakalova as Princess Ilana Rostovich, Indira Varma as the Bride, Zoe Chow as Nina Mazursky, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein, with Steve Agee reprising his role as John Economos from Peacemaker. So this is a an animated series set to premiere on Max. Mm-hmm. Not Min, but Max. Yeah, it's kind of minimal. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is that, that James Gunn thing that we heard about. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah, this is that animated thing James Gunn was talking about that we were like, who? What? Uh, about, um... I guess the notable thing is that, yeah, Frank Grillo of um, of Crossbones fame <laughs> is playing Rick Flagg as opposed to uh, the other dude whose name I can't uh, think about at this point. Right. Anywho, uh, some sad news uh, in, in a line of sad news that we're going to get to. Lance Riddick's cause of death disputed by a uh, family attorney, apparently. So earlier reports that linked Reddick's death to heart disease, but an, attorney, but an attorney representing the family is saying that the cause of death was not proved by an autopsy and is inconsistent with Reddick's habits and fitness. Um, attorney James Hornstein claimed Reddick was, quote, the most physically fit person I've ever known. Uh, he said that the actor worked out daily at his home gym, doing extensive cardio and maintaining a strict diet. He said Reddick required, quote, the availability of gym facilities as a contractual requirement when working away from home. So, yeah, whatever's going on there is is an ongoing thing. Next up. Speaking of what he was connected to late in his life until, uh, let's see here. Um... So the John Wick prequel, The Continental, has gotten a very 70s teaser trailer. I have not watched this yet. Neither have I, actually. So this is a Peacock original. Ugh. Yeah. Ding! Okay. That's fine. We're past that point anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sure. So, um... So this is set to Donna Summer's I Feel Love. The teaser is big on style and light on substance with lots of guns, a katana, and plenty of suits. It's a John Wick thing after all. There you go. <laughs> it's billed as a three-part event. So what was going to be a series is now going to be basically three TV movies. Right. So it sounds like it's a, it's a young Winston story also. Yes. Giving yes. Set. Yeah, we're going to get a young Winston, young Chiron. 
Yep. We were right about that one. Uh-huh, we sure was. So, sorry, folks, we're getting a little behind-the-scenes uh, chatter. Uh, you might have heard the dings. That is not your uh, not your Google thing. It is ours. Anyway, That's right. Minecraft movie with Jason Momoa confirms release date. Let that sink in for a second. Uh, Deadline reports that Momoa's Minecraft movie has been scheduled for release, for release on April 4th, 2025. Uh, the date has been previously reserved by Warner Brothers for uh, an entitled film with the recent revelation now confirming that the film is their Minecraft adaptation. Uh, of course, this also came with the news that uh, his Aquaman movie had been changed. Uh, dates had been moved up a couple of days also. So there you go. Next up. Oh, my goodness. Folks, yes. mm-hmm. folks, folks. Fast X has a new teaser that showcases Jason Momoa's villainous character. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Because guess what, folks? Tickets are on sale. This movie's opening in theaters on May 19th. Oh, I've got to contact my buddy and find out what's what. Mm -hmm. And i got to confirm. I'm pretty sure he hasn't confirmed it because it's been such a busy time these past few weeks. Confirm Guardians. Mm. But also going to follow up on Fast X. Gotcha. Also... Family. Exactly. So, yeah, folks, get them tickets if you're interested. Um, we may or may not be on the protocol for that. We we'll let see. you know. Yeah. We'll let yeah. you know. Like I said, this is that season where things are, this is a interesting uh, movie season for us. Because normally there would be some stuff a little bit more spread than what they are. And we're getting a few things kind of in a line. Back to back to back. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be something. Nicki Minaj to star in animated series based on a Dark Horse comic book. Um, so Nicki Minaj is attached to executive produce and star in Lady Danger, a new Amazon freebie uh, animated series. That sounds probably about right where that needs to be based. Let me stop. Um, based on the Dark oh, Horse no. comics title of the same name by Alex DeCampi. I'm I'm I don't know. I have not heard or seen. Actually, I've seen the comic. I just don't know too much about it. But um. So, Alex DeCampi, Muele Jarvis, and uh, Marissa Louise are the uh, creative team for that book. According to Deadline, Minaj is developing Lady Danger alongside fellow... Okay, now this makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Fellow rapper Curtis 56 Jackson, who is also executive producing through his... Did you say 56 as opposed Uh, to 50 Cent? No, I thought I said 50 Cent, but I probably did. Either way. Um... (laughs) who is also executive producing through his G-Unit film and TV banner. Uh, y'all, I'm sure some of y'all out there watch the whole power situation, so y'all know already know. Um, and there's a bunch of other people attached to it, so we don't need to go into all of that. Uh, any time frame on when this is going to come out? No. Moving right along. All right, The Boys season four has wrapped production. So, and it's posted the bloody proof on social media. Okay, take the next one. Also, what's that? Take the next one. Also, uh, The Boys debuts Jeffrey Dean Morgan season four costume. So, The Boys has finally given fans a look at Jeffrey Dean Morgan's highly anticipated season four debut, unveiled via an Instagram post. Shared by series star Carl Urban, the image both welcomed Morgan and revealed the actor's outfit. The costume appears to be a tattered suit with a loosened tie and a thick overcoat. Many have taken uh, 
have taken a look to me taken the look to mean the Walking Dead alum won't be playing a superpowered individual, but word on his actual character remains a mystery. In the same post, Urban also addressed the boys season four shooting wrap, noting that Prime Video subscribers can expect the episodes to arrive soon. Ish. Yeah. If you're watching the video Next. version, you can see the picture in question. Uh, Super Mario Brothers scores best opening weekend box office for the animated series, which, again, that's probably not saying that much, given, <laughs> given when this came out. But uh, according to IGN, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I'm actually still kind of curious about watching at some point, earned an estimated $368 million worldwide at the box office during its opening, which is hey, not bad. Um, they go through the domestics and all that other five day stuff, which we won't go into, but yeah, joint made money next up. Yeah. I mean, listen, kids got to go watch something in the movie theaters too. I mean, some adults, a lot of adults, more adults than you would think actually also because of Mario, you know, uh, went to the, so yeah, it wasn't just kids, but you're right. Nintendo's weird super Mario, Mario. (laughs) That's that new girl coming out. (laughs) <laughs> that's that, that new york coming out yeah for real <laughs> super mario hey mario super mario uh anime from 1986 has been lovingly restored in 4k so uh it's available to stream or download that's cool yeah it's on uh internet archive so you can go check it out actually i had been intending to do that and I didn't get a chance to but yeah it's out there folks if you're interested um, now we're going to get into the anime section. Sword Art Online Anomaly Quest trailer and poster has been released. Uh, so it is out there if you are a fan of Sword Art Online. It was initially announced as a very mysterious new experience, but has now been revealed that the, the Tokyo Matrix will be launching a special virtual event where fans will be able to team up with their favorite Sword Art Online characters, such as Kirito and Asuna, uh, have become. Oh wait, they have become the villains this time. So it won't be able to. It won't be available to fans outside of Japan. But I'm sure at some point it'll be on some VR hardware um, at some point. But you can check out the, the video and the poster in this article. Next up. Jujutsu Kaisen held a panel at Anime Japan 2023, where it was revealed that season two will feature more scenes exclusive to the anime. So, uh, according to a translation, the voice actor for Satoru Gojo, Yuichi Nakamura, revealed the second season will feature more anime-only scenes. Okay. Some would say, oh, Lord, more filler, but I'm, I feel like they're, gonna, they're probably going to do all right. Right. We'll see. Maybe not as maybe not filler, but like context. One would hope. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to take these next three. Yay! Sleepy time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh no, you 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 will not. Um, Demon Slayer Entertainment Arc uh, lights up the stage this November. That's one part of this. So the for, um, so yeah, they're doing a stage play because we've already talked about this, but basically we now have a date for it. Next up, uh, though, we get into uh, what Agent 70 has already seen probably about a month ago, and the rest of it has just seen recently, in the form of Demon Slayer Season 3, and, um, and the cliffhanger that, uh, that happens um, at the end of the episode, which is almost an hour long. Won't go into it, 
too much. Um, but yeah, that thing is uh, the the first episode is out there and it is good. Um, and also with that, we also get in the last part of the story, uh, we get uh, in this issue in this episode the revelation of why the love Hashira um does what she does put it that way and if you yep. anything i just said sounds anything unsurprising it it very much isn't <laughs> <laughs> it's stereotypical but it's not right uh you know yeah it, so one little anecdote i will say the the took of me i was watching this morning actually uh the the, the episode because like oh shoot i forgot and my wife was walked into the room, and it was when she came in, <laughs> and she was like, "Well, she's got some big boobs." <laughs> and Tanjiro is being a very, very, very upstanding citizen. Yes, he's been a, he's been to being a gentleman for for a young dude for his age. So it took me. I was like, uh, "Wife, those are not even the biggest in anime. Those just happen to be <laughs> what we're seeing right now." Um, but it, that joint tickled me to, uh, for for a good minute. But yeah, Demon Slayer uh, episode season three episode one is out there. Catch it; it's good. Next up, next up uh, after his latest Neon Genesis Evangelion, Ultraman, and Common Rider projects, Hideaki Anno is looking forward to his blank slate future. He's say, he's basically saying he's taking his first break in thirty years. Good for him. Right. As the Anime News Network reports. Anno told audiences, or Anno told audiences at a recent promotion event for his latest film, Shin Kamen Rider, that nothing about my next work has been decided yet. He went on to say, for the first time in over 30 years, my future is a blank slate. I've worked so much that I want to take a break. Good for you, dude. Absolutely. 30 it's years. It's healthy. Yeah, it's far past due. <laughs> also, I haven't seen Shin Kamen Rider, but I kind of want to. Um... So I'm kind of slow to get into to that part of uh, Sentai. Uh, Lost 90s American animated Saiya pilot episode goes public. So yes, um, this is... If, wait, is this the, the DSC version? That I thought was already out there, but apparently not. So it says, Lost Media Documentary um, YouTuber Raymona, whoever that is, shared the full pilot episode of an American's animated... Uh, Saint Seiya adaptation on uh, this past Tuesday. The proposed cartoon titled Guardians of the Cosmos was conceived and scrapped during the 1990s. I believe this was the DIC. Yep, it was. I see. Uh... Oh, wait. Nope. Uh, have... so, bam. Yeah, so, so it's still, it still probably could be. Either way, the, the pilot is out there on uh, the YouTubes. Uh... And you can definitely check that out along with uh, the Sailor Moon Power uh, pilot, uh, American Sailor Moon pilot, which was kind of has been floating around for a minute. Anyway, next up. All right. We're going into the manga corner and soon into the uh, comic book. So. In a high honor, the French government conferred the Chevalier de l'Ordre des Arts et des Lettres, uh, otherwise known as Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters, decoration on manga creator Rumiko Takahashi on uh, Thursday, uh, last Thursday. 
And uh, Takahashi received the decoration at the France Ambassador's Residence in Tokyo. Since making her debut in 78, Takahashi has created such manga as Urusei Yatsura, Maison Ikoku, Mermaid Saga, Rumic Theater, Ranma One Half, One Pound Gospel, and Inuyasha. In her career of over four decades, many of her works have become internationally popular and inspired anime and live-action adaptations. Yeah, she was inducted into the Harvey Awards Hall of Fame in 2021 and was also inducted into the Will Eisner Comic Awards Hall of Fame in 2018. Yeah. Um... Also, my apologies. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with the chat because apparently Benji Games Two has been uh, has been making some comments, a couple of which I'm not entirely sure uh, what they're about. But apparently, doesn't like uh, Brie Larson too much. <laughs> oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I hope my French was uh, okay. I took a lot of French in school. As did I. You, you, you know, for someone who hasn't practiced in a while, you did all right, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I guess, well, I'm also lapsed on Duolingo, but that's some souls on the thing. Uh, oh, no! Yeah, Don't uh, be lapsed on Duolingo! Uh, too late. Um, I guess the name change is dumb. Also, it was probably too for, uh, to the, the Max change, which I agree oh, with. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, definitely not a movie I would ever watch, but I know that was something in the last few minutes that we were talking about. So, um, um, Pokemon's new manga is dedicated to Ash's anime replacements. So yeah, Wait, he coming... was replaced. What? Well, yeah, because the the um, well, I guess replacement is strong. I guess he got retired. I, he retired. I don't know. But basically, the anime okay. pretty much is uh, like yeah, we just got the last. Well, we I say we, but the anime pretty much just went through Ash's you know last turn as the uh, protagonist of the show, um, and I may or may not have introduced this new person who this manga is also probably about, but. Um, but yeah, it says here that uh, the new manga stars Liko or Lyko as the main protagonist, which I believe is the same as going to be on the new version of the next version of Pokemon when it releases. Uh, it says Pocket Monster Liko's Treasure is a tie-in with the upcoming anime series Pokemon Horizons. Um, it was created by Kohori Orito. The manga will explore more of Liko's character as she sets out on her Pokemon journey, journey with a brand new attitude, but still got to catch them all. Uh, with her starter, Sprigatito. Uh, Liko's Treasure will de- debut in the next issue of Sugar Coogan's Chow magazine, which comes out May the 2nd. Next up. Sword Art Online is returning oh, with a special new event overseas, and now fans have gotten a look at what to expect from this new virtual experience event with the trailer and poster for Sword Art Online Anomaly Quest. As the Sword Art Online franchise celebrates the 10th anniversary of Reki Kawahara's original <laughs> light novel releases and the anime adaptation that followed, Sword Art Online has been in the midst of production on a ton of new projects, branching out the franchise in whole new ways. This includes a new experience that will toss fans in Japan right into the thick of the action. Okay. Okay, so my apology, because, uh, and apparently Agent 70 was not paying attention when I did that, uh, the story a little bit ago, but I must have put this in here a couple of times. So my apology. Yeah, I mean, I heard it, but I'm like, okay, I'll keep going. No, that was, yeah, it was the same one. So my, I don't know how that happened, but I was moving a whole lot of stuff around. So, um, 
Jujutsu Kaisen Cliffhanger finally visits Megumi after Sukuna takeover. So this is for the manga, uh, of which I don't think either one of us are, have been reading. But spoiler alert if you are and haven't caught up. Um, it says here that Jujutsu Kaisen has been spending the last few chapters watching Sukuna as he vows to bury Megumi as deep within his soul as he can by dealing with as much mental damage to Megumi as possible. Uh, and it goes on from there, next level, jada jada jada, and yeah, so it's going on from there. Next up. Solo leveling spinoff featuring Jinwoo's son celebrates release with trailer. Sung Suho will get his chance to become a player in the system with the release of the spinoff web novel series Solo Level Leveling Ragnarok. Everything's gotta be a Ragnarok. Apparently. So I sent this story to someone that I know was reading solo leveling uh, and they were like, spoilers. I'm like, uh, oops. But also, I'm not entirely sure how much, if so, it is. Like, outside of the fact that, yeah, okay, Jinwoo's got a son. I don't know if that happens in the uh, thing or it's just like a Naruto-Baruto situation. Either way, hey, there you go, folks. We'll... we'll the continuing adventures of solo leveling before we even get to the, the uh, manga. I mean, to, to the anime. Now we get into the uh, comic book corner with uh, a preview of the Ashen Combine from Jed McKay's Avengers run. Um, so it says here, just in time for the milestone 60th anniversary, the Avengers will enter a new era next month under writer uh, Jed McKay and artist C.F. Villa. Complete with a new lineup, a breathtaking mission, and deadly new enemies, the aforementioned uh, Ashen Combine. So, yeah, we got preview images of the characters of this group, which kind of almost sounds like um, the, uh, the, the, the Black Order. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. But you know what? Isn't the way to fight them just with lotion? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> bravo sir bravo <laughs> slow clap folks slow clap <laughs> oh jeez cut this off right when now. i read when i read the story title <laughs> when i read the story title i was like they called them the what <laughs> yeah no. Oh boy! Normally, I would have said, "Yeah, cut this off," but nah, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, the combine won't start. Re- well, yeah, July the the Avengers third is when the Ashen Combine is going to come into play. But the story again begins in uh, Avengers number one, which releases on May seventeenth. Next up. Spoiler alert, folks. We have some spoilers that I'm not going to talk about for Star Wars Hidden Empire issue number five. We actually find out what happens, what really happened to Kira from Solo, a Star Wars story in this issue. I I haven't read it. I'm not reading the spoilers. So go uh, look into this for yourselves, folks, if you're curious. I'll be honest, I haven't either. And I, I started reading that miniseries, but I think I dropped off of it because it was like, okay, there's a lot going on. But um, yeah, I'll have to check back on that. Hot Toys reveals 40th anniversary Star Wars Return of the Jedi Darth Vader action figure. No! Oh, no, sorry, different movie. Um, although the way they got him posed in here, 
uh, well, no, never mind. I take it back. Hot toys. So yeah, I'm trying to get to see if there's a picture in here. There we go. Pictures. So we got uh, Vader in there in full regalia with his lightsaber. We got uh, you can take off his uh, helmet uh, and pose him all kinds of ways because it's Hot Toys. And of course, it's because it's Hot Toys. The price is going to be a bit. Uh, let's see, one six scale. This deluxe collectible posable figure. Uh, oh, you can even take the. Uh, apparently, you can even take the hand off. Uh, there's uh, Vader with all the accoutrement right there, and actually, it's two heads. It's not. Uh, he comes with two different heads, and not to uh, take off the helmet. So I, that is me. Um, Jesus, a lot of pictures in here as I scroll through here, folks, looking for a price of which um did not present itself. But and guess what, folks? It's going to be a lot. Next up. Alrighty, next up, Marvel Legends Avengers Varanki Spider-Woman and Super Scroll set is on sale now. So this is basically a set that has uh that has roots in Secret Invasion and it's basically a two pack but you can make uh Spider-Woman turn into Queen Varanki. So that's pretty cool. You also have the opportunity now to get the Doctor Doom Secret Wars version and the Monica Rambeau classic Captain Marvel. I am very tempted to buy this. Same. Free orders are live. It is 49.99. So is the Hulk and Dr. Banner two pack. Yep. And as that a, that was, that Captain Marvel and Dr. Doom's very tempting. Yeah, as a Seventy was talking, I was scrolling to the the pictures on the for the folks on the video version. So yeah, you can kind of check them out. Uh there. Yeah, I I actually went looking at that uh the Amazon link uh mm-hmm. for for that doom and, and captain marvel set it, it is it's very tempting as you say um from the world of batman the white knight writers um from that hope that zatanna and catwoman get spinoffs come on come on there we go in with ad, ad blockers, folks. Uh, let's see. Katana Collins and Clay McCormick want to bring uh, Zatanna and Catwoman spinoffs into the Batman White Knight universe. Uh, let's see. And CBR pretty much uh, gave, uh, interviewed them about what they want to do. Uh, and they also discussed the next uh, miniseries, which is Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker which is a new six-issue miniseries that they are collaborating on with uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, which is going to launch uh, May 2025, 23, excuse me, um, which now I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm not sure if that um, Beyond Batman one has finished because I'm not sure if I'm caught up with it or not, if it has. But hey, we'll go and check. Next up. DC kills Superman's biggest foe in Mark Wade's new Mature Reader series. Interesting. So this is a new Black Label series written by Mark Wade and illustrated by Brian Hitch. Yes. This is launching in July 2023. It's a three-issue DC Black Label series. Remember Black Label? Yeah, we still there's still stuff that comes around that they don't present themselves. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Issue. So, I, I got to admit, I'm kind of curious. And I'm also kind of curious because I remember we had a story about Mark Wade 
said he had some Superman stories that he wanted to do if DC would uh, would allow them. And I'm kind of wondering if this is one of them. So, mm-hmm. um, in sad news once again, uh, Rachel Pollock, trailblazing Doom Patrol writer, uh, passes away at 77. So Rachel Pollock was is an award was an award winning fantasy novelist and tarot expert apparently according to this article best known in the comic book world for her acclaimed run following Grant Morrison on Doom Patrol. Uh, Pollock's wife Zoe Matoff Matoff posted on Facebook on April seventh uh, that uh, quote I'm sad to tell you that our beloved Rachel Pollock passed so peacefully and beautifully today at about 12 uh, 45 PM after touching ceremony called hand to heart. Um, it's a long quote, but I won't go into the, um, actually, yes, I will. Uh, several of us stood in the circle. I had my hand on her heart. I began in the circle by saying how much I love her and what she means to me. Um, and then other people took turns sharing their feelings. um, and basically, uh, I know that Rachel will continue to be a light in this world and then in the next, and she will continue to inspire, inspire so many of our beloved tarot community, the science fiction and fantasy community, the comics community, and the transgender community for which she shared so much respect and care. So, yeah, this is, there's a couple more lines that goes off from there and definitely uh, um, uh, her, her line was uh, quite notable, but I never really read uh, Doom Patrol like that, so... Next up. In more sad news, Al Jaffe. You will recognize that name if you even came close to picking up a Mad Magazine in the last, like, 40 years. Yes. Al Jaffe, longtime Mad Magazine cartoonist, has passed away at the age of 102. God bless him. Yeah. So, um... He died this past Monday in Manhattan from multiple organ failure, according to his granddaughter, Fanny Thompson. He previously retired at the age of 99, folks. 99. Yeah, I'm still working for a good while. Yep. So, yeah, if you if you ever did a fold-in or, or um, read snappy answers to stupid questions, I think, as a matter of fact, I remember having a book of those. You have definitely read some Al Jaffe, or you've seen some Al Jaffe. Exactly. So, amongst other things, but those are the notable, uh, more notable ones. Uh, so, yeah, we lost a great one. Um, Doctor Who, Once Upon a Time Lord, graphic novel coming this autumn from one very much over the moon, Dan Slott, who is a big Doctor Who uh, fan. Uh, the book will feature the 10th Doctor and Martha Jones. Um who apparently gets captured by the pyramids and her only hope for survival is to keep the distracted with three uh, sensational untold stories of the 10th doctor facing off against his greatest foes, both classic and new. I saw this from Dan Slot's uh, Twitter accounts and so in like knowing they, how big of a uh, doctor who fan we was, like, I was happy for him, but he was definitely, you could, you could hear the excitement for him in this. Uh, but this is going to be released. Uh, it's called Doctor Who Once Upon a Time Lord. It will be released uh, October uh, 10th of this year and is up for pre-order now. Next up. Last but not least, folks, we have reached the end of the news with our last story. In an exclusive, Mike Mignola expands Hellboy's universe with two new titles. 
exclusive to CPR. Um, Mike Magnola and Chris Roberson are co-writing two brand new Hellboy titles for Dark Horse Comics. Uh, first is Hellboy and the BPRD 1957 from Below is a new one-shot releasing on July 12th of this year from Magnola. Roberson, artist Mike Norton, colorist Lee Luffridge, and, co- and cover artist Lawrence Campbell. Uh, the second one is uh, Panya, The Mummy's Curse, and it is a prequel series set millenniums before Hellboy ever walked the Earth, and that is releasing on July 12th, 2023. Uh, Panya, The Mummy's Curse, number one, comes from Mignola, Roberson, artist Christopher Mitten, colorist Michelle Madsen, and letterer Clem Robbins. Uh... Let's see here. Yeah, that's all from Dark Horse. I'm just looking for pricing. But yeah, just uh, if you're a Hellboy person, shout out to PCN underscore dirt. You're going to be interested in that. And that is not far from now. Indeed. And that's the, the that is the news, folks. We, we, we did it. We did it. We blazed through that, folks. Yes, indeed. Let's get one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night, you know what we read when it's been a long night. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends, as we mentioned earlier. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment... That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks. That is it for this here show. We know it's a, a, a news-heavy one, and which is why we blew through it so much. And I'm happy we did it. We, yeah, go us. Um, I don't think we have anything... Coming up next week, that is pressing outside of Mandalorian and yeah, the last of Mandalorian and uh, Star Trek Picard season three. Right, right, right. That's going to be the highlight. That's going to be the focus of the early part of next week's show. Yep, yep. As per usual. Uh, and with that, uh, my name is Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet and popculturenetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. And Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Also CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. TheClickNation.com. And, of course, you can find him over at comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams, right in his face off. <clears throat> you may have noticed if you were watching the video version, a couple of the news uh, items were from him. So, Been busy lately. It's, it's getting to be that time. Con yes. season is also uh, <laughs> pretty much firing up. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit busy from, for, for the next uh, little bit. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast, Proof of Place of Choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star positive reviews. Indeed. You could also uh, find us recording uh, every Thursday night, 930, uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time or whatever the, the daytime savings time equivalent uh, of it would be at uh, uh, youtube.com slash theclicknation and twitch.tv slash comicbookchronicles. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are on. And shout out to a friend of mine, Martian Cat, who uh, apparently followed the uh, Twitch, uh, the, um, the Twitch channel. So thank you for that. Appreciate you. Uh, and I know I saw a couple of people lurking uh, earlier. So shout out to all the lurkers or, or anybody who uh, come through, whether you're lurking or not. So. Uh, and with that, folks, we will catch you uh, fine folks next week with uh, some more news and, and books and all that good stuff. This has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. <laughs>